Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Today in Soul Talk, we're going to have uh, a special guest. His name is Rob Garcia, and he's an orthodox, orthodox atheist and a professional pessimist from Texas. He's also a writer, and uh, he has a bachelor's in theater, and he works in IT. And Rob, we're very happy to have you here and in Soul Talks. And, uh, and this is a very uh, uh, fascinating guest. Uh, you're going to see why uh, as soon as we start talking with him. And not only that, uh, he is my ex-husband. And uh, well, and I wanted to ask several questions. This first focus in the in, in his beliefs in atheism, because I believe that point is very important for all of us to understand why people become atheists and what are their beliefs. And many people have uh, also the belief that an atheist person is a bad person. And that's not the case. And, uh, and I'm going to demonstrate it today. Well, Rob, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. And I wanted to ask you, what is atheist? First of all, many people don't know. That's why I'm asking. I, okay. Um, an atheist is just quite simply someone who doesn't believe in any gods. Or, I mean, you can take that a little further and there's different kinds. Some don't believe in any afterlife. Some are just not sure. I think they would be more labeled agnostic, but um, it would just be, I think, someone who is uh, either never clings to or has let go of the idea of uh, having a religion. Hmm. Why orthodox atheist? <laughs> okay, and that's a. I, I just I kind of use that term sort of jokingly, but um, the reason being, some people, like I said, are a little on the fence. There, some people they think, oh well, maybe there is a god, or maybe there's gods, or you know, depending on your beliefs. Um, some people leave a little more room for doubt, I suppose. And, and I don't, I'm pretty firm in, in my beliefs. And, um, um, I just, it's a funny term. It doesn't really mean anything. Um, I just use it to mean that I mean what I say. Well, I, uh, <clears throat> do you were born atheist? When you're kids, you still believe in Santa Claus or you still believe in this or you just believe in that. <clears throat> when you started, you weren't raised uh, by uh, any religion, right? Uh, well, okay, so that's that's a complicated question. Um, I think that depending on the community that you grow up in, there's religion around you. And um, whether or not your parents or grandparents or, you know, whoever directly tries to immerse you in their religion, um, it's all over the place and it can be really difficult to 
um, to get away from the influence of that sort of thing. So and then my parents weren't particularly religious. I think my mom tried sometimes, but it didn't really take. Um, my grandparents, three out of four of them were religious. And um, I think as the generations went on, that proportion just started kind of dwindling. Uh, there, there wasn't a ton of religion growing up um, in my own family, but you know, like I said, it was it was everywhere. But I guess kind of looking at it, didn't really like what I saw, and I don't feel that anyone is born religious. I think that that's all influence. I think that if if you if you're born and nobody tells you anything about it, it's just like if nobody told you there was a Santa Claus, you'd never believe in it. You know, nobody brought it up. And I just think it's that sort of thing. But uh, then when do you put name to your beliefs? I am an atheist. Um, well, I think that, um, I guess probably when I was a teenager, I started taking my doubts about religion a little more seriously. And then you know, people ask you to define yourself as you grow up. And so you look for words to describe what you are and, or in this case, what you're not. <laughs> and if somebody asks, well, why don't you believe in this or that? Um, it turns out there's a go-to word that says it and that's atheist. And so I learned to, you know, to identify with that. But it went, it went growing and growing into your beliefs until now, into your, then 2021. Or it used to be so strict like this now in 2021, or it used to be a little more, more open when you were younger? Um, excuse me. Open... Open is kind of a weird way to put it. Um, so for my, for myself, open might have meant, am I leaving room for this to be real? You know, am I, am I wrong? Um, uh, there was probably a good amount of time where because I was, I think, treated pretty rough by people who were religious, um, I resented that. I started resenting the whole thing. And so I became a little more abrasive about it. And nowadays, if somebody has a religious belief, I think that's fine. I don't want to change their minds and I don't want them to necessarily, <clears throat> you know, think the way I do. Um, I'm, I'm open in that sense. I'm open to, okay, everybody's different and, let people be who they are, but I'm more closed in my own belief on it. Well, right now we're talking about religion, but in, in the beliefs of many of us, uh, like source, uh, universe, the energy and so forth, or God, whatever you want to call it, for us is the same energy. We are not yeah. really We don't. I, I well, personally, in my in my part, I am 
I don't agree with any other religions in the world, actually. And uh, okay. but I am very spiritual. How is your point of view on that? Um, well, well, okay. Well, that's a good point. So, um, like I said, I mean, people are different. I, I want to leave room for that difference. Uh, let them be who they are and conduct themselves the way they will. Uh, to me, a lot of it looks the same. And from my point of view, if somebody comes to me with a firm belief system, um, the other side of that is just, I don't know. I, I don't think I, it's for me. And so whatever is there looks kind of the same to me. I know it's different. I know people will, will discuss it and say, no, what I believe is very different from what they believe or what they believe. And, and that's cool. You know, I, I'm sure, I'm sure it's true. Um, that's fine. I just don't really want to bother with it personally. And, and I don't hold it against anyone. It's fine. Okay. I, I have, uh, heard many myths about atheist people and people, uh, they <clears throat> use in this area, the majority of the beans, uh, in, in fact, for a while I was uh, Jewish and the people told me, you're atheist. So the people didn't even know what is real and they get confused whatever pastor or religion tell them they, it is. So they had it completely wrong. And I would like to talk about the myths about atheists. Sure. Like, They're bad people. I hear that one so many times. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing before we go into any of this. Um, just like I said that people who are not atheists are, are, they're all different. There's, there's, they're very diverse and so are atheists. They're not all the same. They're not all bad, but you know what? There probably are some bad ones. Just like there's some bad of, of anything. Um, I don't, like to think of myself as being a bad person. I'm not sure anybody does, but <laughs> um, uh, to me, it's actually, it's important uh, to be good. Something that I learned, uh, when I make a parenthesis in here, uh, living with uh, an for 10 years, was that I came to understand that <clears throat> not necessarily because you go to church, that makes you a good person. Or not necessarily because you don't go to any church or you don't believe even in, in the creator, the universe of God or whatever. It makes you a good or a bad person. In fact, I believe if we have our own compass uh, of our good morals, that's what is going to make you a good person, not a religion or not your beliefs. Am I, I completely you? agree. Yes, and absolutely. I think that... Um... Uh, I think that culture will give you a, a guideline of what, you know, what might be a good way to live your life. And you're told some very general rules that are pretty good, but then when it gets into the more specifics, it's kind of tricky. But for the most part, if you want to be a good person, you have to define what that is for yourself. And um, honestly, I've known, well, hold on a sec. <clears throat> I have, okay, a, so. I have a question for you. Um, 
in reality, then what it keep, is keeping you being a good person? What it is your values, or what 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 it is that make you a good person? Because you don't believe in hell. Okay. You don't believe in in a bunch of things that we're going to be talking about. But what what it makes you being a good person? Okay. Well, I'll start by saying that I I don't know if I'm a good person. I hope I am. So what I think is that. I want to be a good person. I'll tell you that I want to be. And as many times as I can, I want to succeed in being a good person. And when I fail at being a good person, I feel it and it hurts. So, um, what makes me want to be is, um, well, I, I interface with the world. So with other people, um, with the community that I'm in, uh, And I know what I want from other people. <clears throat> and for the most part, I can kind of put my finger on what I think is bad. When somebody does something bad to someone else, I don't want to do that. So I can, I can kind of take cues from that and decide, you know, how do I conduct myself? Because I'm the person on the other side when people are looking at me. How do they want me to act? How do I want they, them to act? It's, it's pretty similar. I mean, I think there are differences. Like I said, there's details, <clears throat> you know, for example, to someone I'm trying to find like, a, okay. There's religious, there's some religious um, dietary laws in different cultures. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's bad if somebody eats whatever they want for the most part, except sugar's probably pretty bad, but it doesn't make it bad, like evil. Um, I eat a lot of stuff and, and I wouldn't hold it against somebody, but somebody might against me you might say, Oh, you eat pork, you know, think, like, yeah, I eat pork. What's, what's wrong with pork? Oh, well, that's not cool. I, I, okay. You know, but if somebody says, Hey, you just punched that guy in the face. That's not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. I think everybody can agree that's not okay. So, like, there, there's certain morals that are pretty universal. And so I, I try to find those and I try to live accordingly. Okay. I prefer to leave that in, in, in there, <laughs> in that part. Right. I, um, I wanted to ask you, okay, what happened in your beliefs, obviously, um, when someone died? Uh, okay. Oh. Oh. It's, it's not fun, and it's not flattering, and it's not hopeful or comforting. I do think that when someone dies, um, just... I'm sorry to say, I just don't really think that there's anything after that for them. I think that that's where your biology ends and your consciousness is tied to your, you know, your brain working, which is kept alive by the rest of your organs. And when all of that stops working in harmony, I, I just think that that's a stopping point. And then Do you believe in life after after death? No. 
it is fine. That's respectable because that's your beliefs. Not necessarily the beliefs of everybody else. Uh, we just want to clarify this. This is um, what are the um, atheists believe, or that's what Rob believe, and it is fine. It's yes, I can't fine. speak for all atheists. That's what I believe. Yeah. And there goes another question. Then, uh, what is the point then to be in a life? Just to born, grow, go to school, and die? What is the point? Okay. Uh, you know, to be perfectly honest, I don't think there is a point to be alive. And I think that is, and I have to explain this because people take it the wrong way. I think that that's liberating because you can do whatever you want with your life. And so hopefully, as a person who has realized, I guess, as I have, that there's no point to any of this, you get to choose why you want to be alive. You get to decide what's important to you, what motivates you, what fascinates you, you know, what pushes you forward. And I think that, I think that that's enough, honestly. And I think there's enough beauty in that path that you don't have to, you don't really have to add anything else to it for it to be meaningful. Hmm. Okay. Um, how this works for other people when you're around other people? What do you mean? <clears throat> yes. Uh, well, oh, what you're... Like when you were married, when your friends, your job, in your relationships with everybody because you have mentioned well, not everybody understand it uh, okay so um, where I work um, what I have learned to do is establish my character first I mean, if somebody thinks I'm a good person or a bad person, it's not going to be because I said I was religious or not, or an atheist. And then after that point, if we all feel comfortable with each other, or if they start talking about it first, you know, then, okay, you know, I'll, I'll say it. Um, I try not to talk about religion or politics at work if I can help it. Um, especially the the religion part when when it comes to that people can prejudge you so when you when you um if you go up to something and the very first thing you say to them is i think your belief system's a sham and you know and uh i mean that's what they hear that, that that's the thing is that when when somebody is meets an atheist they're confronted with the the embodiment like the personification of their doubt. So I represent everything that they doubt about their own belief system. And that's, and that can be um, hard for somebody to deal with. And it can be hard for me to be on the other end of, you know, I don't mean anything. I'm just being mean. So if I don't have to bring it up, I don't. Um, but if people want to get into a conversation about it and, 
And if I know that it can be done without anybody's feelings getting hurt, then that's fine. I will. But for the most part, like I said, if somebody has already known me for a while, a year or two, I think they already know enough about me to know that if they find out that that's my belief, they're not going to let it define me. And you feel like... Which is what I'm always afraid of. Then, then you still feel like you have to hide your beliefs? A little bit. A little bit. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I'm something I'm not. But if I don't need to bring it up, I mean, why, why bother? It's, okay. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> It's, I live in Texas. You know, in Texas, is, it's one of the most... <clears throat> like heavily um, Christian parts of the country. It's, it can be hard for someone like me here. Um, I, yeah, I'm, ju I'm just like literally existing. I'm just being me and I don't mean anything by it, you know, but, but just being who I am and just believing what I do is enough to really offend some people. Is I can understand totally that because even myself, that I'm not atheist, that I'm very spiritual, but because I am not part of any religion, I in the moment they ask me what religion you are, and it's I don't have religion. I'm just a spiritual. I get judged. Hey, before in the time of the Inquisition, we will be already burned, both of us. <clears throat> so it doesn't matter if you believe and there is non-existing God or if you believe actually that you can talk with God without any intermediary. We are going to be judged uh, either way. Well, that, that's, that's good. And actually that brings up another uh, fear that I constantly live with. Is um, uh, um, it, it just seems like um, a lot of people who get into... Um, governments, you know, they want to push the idea of, of uh, certain you know, people have, they bring their own belief system to the table, right? And so, and, and I feel, you know, I feel pretty good about living in a place where pretty much that's not too much of a problem, but there's some people that live in countries, you know, where, I mean, you know, there's parts of the Middle East, for example, you know, if you were to admit that you're an atheist, I mean, that's, you could get killed for it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's something that, um, sometimes people don't understand that atheist rights are kind of a big deal, you know, because, um, they can really, really get picked on. It's not about atheist rights. I believe all human rights in that way. Why? Because again, uh, like people like, me, there were many of like me that were very spiritual, mm. just not fit in in any any square. We don't want to fit in in any square of religions, any of them. And uh, it can go really deep our beliefs in something completely contrary of what the religions teach. Well, that's there, a good point. We can get stoned, we can get burned, we used to get burned, you know, like in in, in that way. So It's not only one rights, it's about the rights of everybody. It's, hey, you, 
you can see how Muslims right now they're getting um, in China they're getting in concentration camps etc. So it's actually the rights of everybody to respect all the beliefs. So like that we can actually have a better world that we have right now if we respect right. all the beliefs that anyone can have is the right to believe in whatever they want. That's true. That is an excellent point. That is true. And I'm seeing it just from the atheist point of view, but you're right. I mean, anybody who gets the short end of the stick, and it's not, it's not okay. And, well, I have a question for you that you say that you're a professional pessimist. I know where it comes from, but I want you to say it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, and this, this is kind of more in particular... Um, toward my writing, but, but I guess in general, I, I, I really do consider myself a pessimist. I think pessimism is an art. And, uh, <laughs> and so is complaining and, uh, and, and I, I love doing it. I, I know that it's not always appreciated, uh, or considered as funny as I think it is, but, um, there's been a, Massive wave of people trying to be very positive, you know, in, in the last, I don't know, what, 10 years or 15 years or so. I don't know what it, what it is. But I, I really, really like, didn't take it too seriously until I thought, hmm, I'm going to put this into my writing. Um, I decided to really go with it. Like, you know what? I'm a counterweight to this. I, I am the opposite of this. Like, I think it's okay. You know, you don't have to be positive. I think it's okay to be negative and be like, yeah, life kind of sucks sometimes. You know what? I'm going to live anyway. I don't care. You know, uh, the weather's hot. I'm still going outside. You know, my job sucks. I am still going to work. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to love everything. You just have to keep going. And I really do kind of like, I've taken it upon myself to, spread this idea through the world. They even wrote a book. What is the name of the book? Yeah, Casual Misanthropy. Yeah. And and actually, uh, it's a little bit uh, comedic. You should, guys, you should look for it. And it's, it's really funny. Well, I want to change a little bit the subject to something that I believe is very important to everybody. Um, well, like I mentioned before at the beginning, Rob and me, we were, uh, married and, um, and my point with this was that the majority of the couples, when they get divorced or, or they're together, they don't want to separate or they don't want to get a divorce because they're afraid to have an enemy. They're afraid to actually let go someone because they're afraid to actually they're going to attack them. And there's a lot of resentment and there's a lot of hatred and wanted to destroy each other. In our case, we learned to be best friends. So Rob is my best, one of my best friends. I, uh, I can say that. And uh, I believe that this is important to actually air it out. If you don't get in along with your couple, you just torture yourself and the other person. And if you have kids, your kids, because you're actually not getting along. And not necessarily you have to destroy each other. And there is no, uh, I caught myself, in fact, sometimes when people, when he comes and visit my daughter, our daughter, 
and uh, saying, hey, my friend is coming because if I say my ex-husband is coming to visit his uh, his daughter, everybody will attack me. Oh, are you going to be tensioned? Are you going to be mad? Oh, what are you going to do? And it's like, and it's not that. It's, it's just my friend is visiting his daughter. And that's why it's important for me, and we talk about this, to demonstrate this and to talk about it uh, in life. Well, it's going to be recorded. But um, so like that, people can understand that not because you divorce or separate it, you have to be hating the, your ex-mate or you have to be enemies and have to destroy it because Yes, there is a lot of poor pressure in this, like you were in high school. But um, but it doesn't has to do. Uh, it doesn't have to be like that. What did you think about? Oh, and just clarify before you answer that. He's not the husband that used to beat me. <laughs> he's my Thank fourth you. marriage. He's my fourth marriage. And when I talk about the one that used to beat me, was the third one, not the fourth one. <laughs> okay, just want to clarify oh. that. Appreciate you pointing that out. That seems important. Um, um, well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, that, that was a lot. So you know, do you have any specific what questions is, about it? What is your point of view about couples being friends after they are divorced or separated? Or? Uh, I don't think I'm... Um, good at anything relationship wise um i i i don't know what i'm doing um but i know what i want out of uh, out of um i guess you know uh, i don't know how to say this so people it's in their best interest to get along it's it's like honestly like the um i can't speak for other couples and obviously but just for myself i think that the better off you are um happy safe comfortable that's better for our daughter you know and it's important to me that it's good for you um obviously cared about you enough to marry you marriage lasted quite a while and i don't regret any of it um i think both of us grew as people we became probably better versions of ourselves all the time and i you know i celebrate the progress you've made and um, yeah, absolutely. You're one of my best friends. I wouldn't want to lose that. Yeah, that uh, what I see in the people they are always judging, or they have the 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 program that they have to get married before. It used to be if you don't get married after twenty five, you're never gonna get married. You're too old, and they have the same. Uh, misconception that if you get separated or divorced, it has to be your enemy or you have to damage completely the relationship so you're going to hate. Yes, there is a process at the beginning when you separated or, or divorced or whatever the situation is yours that yes, you have to go through that healing process. 
just try to stay away from each other for a while. That's my advice. So like that, you don't damage the future relationship that it can be like a good friendship like we have. I think that it's true. It's true. Like it, um, it wasn't easy at first. I think that any time that people first separate, there's a period of mistrust. You don't know what to expect out of the other person. And it takes a while to get over that. I think it just takes, it takes some rebuilding of trust. So like, okay, if we're not staying together in a marriage anymore, then what does that mean? Um, and it takes a while to, I guess, to understand that for both of us, I think, um, that, okay, well, you're not trying to harm me. You don't want, you know, anything bad to happen to me. You're not trying to take anything away from me. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. I'm not trying to sabotage you or change things in a negative way in your life or anything. And, and then, so I think that it's important, first of all, it's important not to hurt each other because I think that a lot of people do. And then, so then they get to the point where you have every right not to trust them. They, yeah, they really mistreated you or they, you know, um, yeah. Sometimes couples can do terrible things to each other that's hard to come back from. That's something that I, I wanted to talk about it because many of the couples that they separate or before or do separate it have the, the guts actually to do it. They cheat on each other or they damage each other in a really horrible way because they wanted to end that relationship and actually end it because they don't have the guts actually to finish it and say no more. Right. So they break it completely in, in several pieces so they actually can do it or have the guts or the other person like, yeah, get out of my life and I want the divorce today, today or yesterday. Why do you have to get to that point to destroying a person and destroying it? Because at the same time, when you're trying to destroy someone, you're destroying yourself. And it's like, why? Because you're going to carry that as that guilt and shame and so forth. You're going to be carrying that. Um, or what are you opinion about that? No, yes. I mean, um, the the best you can hope for when you're separating from somebody, I think. And, and again, I have no idea what I'm talking about. This is just speaking from the heart. Like, um, you want to go forward as allies or at least as neutral parties. You don't want to go forward like, you know, being upset with each other. And sometimes people will do things and it's hard to forgive, but if it's no longer in the context of a marriage anyway, fine. I mean, I've had friends that separate and, you know, they don't, maybe they did some things that were kind of ugly in the end or whatever. But if you can still just get over that and say, okay, well, we're not married anymore. You know, just let's just at least get along, especially if they have children. I mean, it just seems like a, a good idea. Um, but yeah, if you can, if you can not self-sabotage, you know, that's much better. If you can see things ahead and try not to make them worse, it's hard though. It's a tough call. I get it. You know, it's, it's hard for people to get to a, We've had a breaking point when they know that there's there's a very good reason to make this decision. I mean, you have a, a good point. It's sometimes people will do something drastic because they want that to be a punctuation 
you know, at the end of the relationship. But I don't think that's necessary. It can be a punctuation, but without trying to harm each other. Because the one is going to be carrying the guilt and the shame. What is the person that actually acted worse? And uh, I'm not going to say that I was always perfect. I've been married four times. And I'm not going to say that I have my, the same relationship I have with Rob with my, uh, my three ex-husbands, too. Because they're not. And uh, it was not always that like that. When I was younger, and I I divorced like the first time I was twenty one. Yes, I tried to destroy him, and he tried to destroy me. We attacked in a more horrible way. That it took me many years to heal that part. Of course, the second and the third one that was the the one that used to beat me. It took me many years. It took me the ten years that I was with Rob to forgive him and actually get over that. And uh, but you don't have to get there. That's something that I have learned. I, something that I have learned uh, being married so many times that you don't have to get to destroy the other person or hate the other person. You can still be friends if you separate on time before it, it gets nasty and horrible, and then you are gonna harm your kids and yourself and the other person. And if everybody's around yeah. you, everybody else. <coughs> Is there something else that you want to add to that? Well, I've only been married once. And uh, uh, I think that I would like to say to people who are newly single, um, that you don't have to rush into something else right away. Like it's, it's okay to take your time. It's okay to concentrate on yourself as a person and rediscover who you are outside of the context of being with someone else and just, you know, get back to, back to square one. Sometimes it takes a little while and it can be the, least complicated and most productive way to move forward. And I just don't think people give themselves enough of a chance to do that. Some, you know, at least not, not enough. Well, Rob, I want to, uh, do you want to add something to this conversation about atheism or about relationship before we finish? Uh, Conversation. No, no, I'm, I'm fine. You know, I was just here to answer whatever questions you had, and just appreciate the talk. And hope everybody does well and, and discovers what's best for themselves and conducts themselves as <clears throat> as best as they see fit. I guess. Well, we want to thank you uh, from Soul Talk. It was a conversation heart-to-heart and soul-to-soul. There's just the intention of this was actually to help and illuminate other people and people can come out a little square they have sometimes about these two topics that they were different (coughs) and and more close to Valentine's Day. They were very different. (laughs) And... uh, and I really thank you for for listening to us. 
And I also wanted to invite you for the next Monday, the uh, the 22nd. We're going to have a soul talk with Amber um, Kentus. I hope I know Nasekarin for last time. She's from Missouri, and she is amazing. So I hope you can uh, see us at 7 o'clock p.m. And from Soul Talks. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.